Abba Yahweh, an opportunity again given to share your truth. Thank you, Father, for allowing me to be that conduit that brings your truth, knowledge, and wisdom to anyone that has an ear to hear your words, but listen to the message, Father. Listen and seek you. Seek that truth. Seek that knowledge. Seek the wisdom. Seek the wisdom. Not to be prideful and foolish and leaning into their own understanding. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to share this word. So, in my studying, I have, you know, I told you I'm taking, doing some studies. I'm in class and graduate in five months. Whew, man, this is kind of hard for an old guy. I remember when I was in school. But anyway, it's a good thing, though, because it takes me deeper where I want to go. So in my studying, I'm, I'm reading and I'm... I'm glad that this book is paid for because I'm I'm messing this book all up. I am highlighting and marking and checking and rechecking and remarking, but some things I'm I'm reading here that I really want to share and I think is very vital and very important and very pertinent to things that I've shared with you before, and I think it's uh, necessary to remind and to continue sharing. And I told you that I will become seemingly repetitive or uh, might seem redundant to some, but it's important. And I wouldn't do it if it wasn't important and the Holy Spirit wouldn't lead me in that direction if it wasn't important and necessary message. <clears throat> what I'm, first thing that I wanna uh, share that I just immediately came to and I highlighted this one. And this is, I've shared with you before, And it um, has to do with our being unified in one body. One body, one mind, not denominations, which I've shared with you already, drives derisiveness. And derisiveness is separation, staying apart. And I'm believing more and more, especially what I'm seeing the activity around and at the same time though too i also see that the spirit of the lord is pouring out on believers and that is there is no denominational boundary it doesn't matter if you're lutheran baptist southern baptist first second rock baptist northern presbytery it doesn't make any difference if you truly believe in god and you believe in the Holy Spirit and you worship God in faith and truth. As Jesus told us, and I think this is important and I think this is very, very important. It has to do exactly with what I'm talking about. When Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well. A moment because the Spirit is talking to me and wow. I, I love it when that happens. It's like uh, when God takes and, and puts, puts his hand on me or he puts his arm around me and then when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and lets me know that, that it's a good thing. So that being said, going back to what Jesus was saying. And when he spoke to the woman at the well, and he told her, and of course she didn't come right out and say that, when I'm crucified or when they murder me and kill me and, and I go to heaven that um, as long as you worship God in truth. He, he didn't tell her that. He didn't tell her in that way. But what he did tell her was because she was so heartbroken that she couldn't go to the temple and worship God. She couldn't go to uh, lessons and worship God because she was a Samaritan and they wouldn't let her in the church. And God, and God speaking through to her through Christ our Lord, and Jesus was teaching her, he said, there comes a time soon when you, it, it won't matter where you go. 
And she, of course, being baffled, I'm, I'm certain she kind of shook her head and was like, what? What's that mean? And then, of course, Christ our Lord being just so much love that pours out in him was happy to explain. Soon there will come a time where it will not matter where you worship God because God is spirit. You worship him in spirit and in truth. That's all that matters. Now, here's the importance. It doesn't matter where you worship. It doesn't matter if you go to the First Southern Baptist, Rock, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Holy Roland. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Fort Worth Congregational Baptist Church, uh, Fort Worth Methodist Great Commission Church. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What does matter is that you worship God in truth and in faith and with the spirit of your heart. Remember, and this has to do with what clothing you're wearing. Because it doesn't matter what you wear when you go to whatever church. It doesn't matter what little uniform you decide you want to put on. It doesn't make a difference to God. What makes a difference to God and only matters is the character of your heart. So if you are going to one of those named churches or some other named church, because that's the way you were raised since childhood, or you've been there for so long, you've been in the same neighborhood for 60 plus years, and you're familiar with that church, and you've gone there your whole life, and it doesn't matter what the name is on the marquee outside. It doesn't make a difference. If you are there because you are truthful, spiritually, faithfully following God's tenets and his precepts, and the church teaches those, that's all that matters. However, if they teach false doctrine, and lead you away from and speak forwardly and contrary to the Bible, then you must flee that place and pray the Holy Spirit guide you away. And it will. That's all that matters is the character of your heart. And I was reading this and where that came up and why they came up is that um, there are many places that have these wonderful churches and people think and they look and they're like, oh, oh, wow. You know, and I thought that when I was driving up uh, through on the interstate and you get up into places like Utah and you can see the Mormon tabernacle. I mean, you can see it from a great distance away. This is a massive building and it's white white marble. And then, of course, I remember, too, that what does Jesus talk about? The hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the whitewashing that they do. They whitewash the sepulchers so that they're nice and pretty on the outside, and maybe they do some, some fancy painting, or they have somebody paint out there because they wouldn't do it themselves. It would cause them to be unclean if they got dirt. So they whitewash and they do all this stuff and it's all pretty, pretty on the outside, but on the inside are dirty bones heaped up and piled up and it's not clean. Clean on the outside and pretty, pretty, happy, happy. But on the inside is nothing. This is, Jesus testified to this and his teaching was this. This is their hypocrisy. It looks good, but it isn't good. It might look good, but it's not good. So no denomination, just God's love that is shared. That is the import. 
And many of our churches here, especially in this, and you know, I, I thought about this um, before, and actually I've received clarification on that is exactly why. Because there are a lot of countries that send missionaries here because they fear for the backslidden tendencies of this country, this nation, this nation that we think is so great and we think is so powerful and above everybody else. And there are many places yet when you go around and you open your eyes and you look and you see truth instead of believing the lies, you see there is the atmosphere that we need to have and ignore the denominations. And the atmosphere that we share is that our churches have an atmosphere of grace and fire that absolutely sweeps visitors right off their feet. That spirit of truth and receptiveness for God's spirit and his truth. And it draws our hearts into that supple tendencies to be receptive and eager to hear God's word, his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom that really good pastors that are truthful and honest and it just lights you up. But sadly, and, and it is a sad thing, we just got have to be strong and pray about it, is that there are many Christians that have so much, we have so, and we actually do. We are a gluttonous and a possessive, have to having, we have to have, we have to have, we have to have, we have to have it now, we have to have more, we have to have best, we have to have biggest, and it's always got to be, and you know, you go out to these uh, smorgy bobs and you go out to these, uh, uh, I even forgot what they call them, but you go out to these big, diners and you get these and people throw so much food away they throw so much food away and there is so much waste because this country is so gluttonous and so selfish honestly we are and then of course you're going to have those that are out there and going to have their knickers all twisted up in a knot and they're going to sit out well, like you don't like it why don't you leave well yeah you hear that all the time too well here's the thing I served this country for many years and been to places that many of you might have just read about in books. And to give you the opportunity so that you can sit there and say things like that. Your freedom of speech, they call that. But I mention that not because the country in its entirety is that way, just like all Chinese are not communists. All Chinese are not the same, just like North Korean, there are many North Koreans that want to be Christian and they want to be in some, but the country, the government doesn't allow that, but they desire it. And there's the same thing with Russia and all these communist countries. Every person that lives there is not a bad, wicked, mean, evil, communist individual. Just like every person here in this country is not as there are many that portray that. Sadly, the governments think that they're in control of everything and they're not. So people are misled. But sadly, that people prefer to be lied to and it's easier to, to lie than it is to tell the truth. The problem that makes it difficult is that they lose track of the lies that they've been telling. And many Christians, we have such an abundance of our material possessions but yet we live in a backslidden state of mind. You got the silver and gold, but you fail to get up and walk with Christ our Lord. I shared this with you before that Saul, when he was getting ready to be anointed and be made king of Israel, he almost missed his anointing. Why? because he was down in his larder with all of his gold and silver and everything that he had done from being a good warrior leader and they followed him into the battles and, and all this stuff that he 
took, confiscated. Oh, he was busy sitting in there contemplating all that stuff and had somebody had to come and find him. Saul, 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 get up, get up, get up. You're going to miss your anointing. They're getting ready to make you king. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And had to get him up and had to present himself before Samuel because Samuel, Samuel was about ready to knock him upside the head with his walking stick because he was so agitated with the fact that he was supposed to be there at a certain time and it was established and already agreed and Saul was busy looking at all of his stuff. And this is what we have, so much stuff. We have to remember something that, that God desires a personal relationship with us. And we have to be able to put things down in order to spend that time with him. And we find reference to that when we go into the book of Revelation and we find when the letter to the church of Laodicea is being shared. And this is, uh, this is in Revelation 3 and 20. And we read that letter. And some people get confused as, as in my reading it was noted that some people get confused about this reference that's made that Jesus actually refers to and John writes to the church. And uh, pardon me one moment, I'm going to find it here. Oh, went to the wrong book. I apologize. Goodness gracious, I went to the wrong book. How did I do that? Well, so excited, just flipping pages. So if you go to Revelation 3 and 20, you will read that this is one of the letters that um, John on the island of Patmos, and he writes to the church in Laodicea. And this is a pretty powerful letter if you pay attention to it, it's it's pretty powerful. And this I would I would definitely not want to have Christ my Lord say something like this to me. Oh my goodness, no. So actually I'm going to begin reading in three three and fourteen. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, write these things, saith the amen. Saith the so be it. One of the other names of Christ our Lord. Saith the church, saith the amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you weren't cold or hot. Christ would prefer that you be that way, but they're not either one. They're not thirst quenching in the coolness of the cold water. And they're not that nice warm tea for the cool weather. They're neither one. Tepid at best. Further, in verse 16, So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Oh, my goodness. That's Christ Jesus telling the church in Laodicea by letter from John from the island of Patmos, Look, you know, you might have started out one thing, but you are not anything at all. You have become so caught up in your self-worth and your arrogance and pride. You aren't either 
You're neither cold nor hot. Tepid at best, and I will spew you out because you're not thirst quenching and you're not comforting. None of that. So I will spew you out. Oh my gosh. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not thou that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayst see. Christ is talking spiritually here now. He's not talking about gold that you can go out and buy with your money. He's not talking about clothing that you go out and you buy from the five and dime or Macy's or Neiman Marcus or any of those big highfalutin stores or any of that. And he's not, he's speaking spiritually here, brothers and sisters. And what is that gold? That gold is a refinement that, that golden crown that we, that's our reward when we keep up what we're supposed to be doing our father's business. And we keep up the scripture reminds us to run that good race. Paul reminds us to run that good race so that I might attain that golden crown. We stay in the good race and we get to heaven, we get a golden crown. And then of course, kneeling down, compelled to do so before Christ our Lord and casting that at his feet because without him, without his sacrifice, without his being put to death for my sake, I wouldn't get that crown. Verse 19, further reading. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repeat and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. That's not specifically talking. Many people read that and they're, okay, that's salvation. Yes, it's pertinent to that as well. But Jesus wants to come into these fake churches. He wants to come into these whitewashed churches and he wants to come in and have a relationship with the congregation. He's not gonna have the church open it up. A lot of these churches don't even, they don't worship the Lord. It's just a hangout place. There's no real worship. I shared with you the place that I went into and it was uh, like a big, uh, what do they call them, pyramid scheme. Oh my gosh. Now, granted, the Lord's going to really work on him if he might have already. I haven't gone by or looked at it, and I won't. I, I'm not supposed to be there. The Spirit of the Lord took me right out of there, put me in a pretty precarious place, but he asked me, he said, do you hear me now? Yes, Father, I hear you now. It's time to go. And delivered me out of that place, but they were, they were teaching false doctrine and false teachings and they were professing to the congregation to continue getting them to pour money in so that they could be wealthy and they were guaranteeing that this is what God wanted for them and that they could be wealthy too and they were promoting basically a, a scheme and I mean they, they were talking about it from the pulpit for Pete's sake they weren't talking about tithe and offerings. They were talking about give, 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 give. We will take, 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 take. Oh, and when they were preaching, the two times that I went, and the first time I didn't try the Spirit, the second time I begged forgiveness for the fact that I didn't do that, and that's when the Holy Spirit had this encounter. <laughs> and both times they changed maybe one verse, but it was the same thing over again. Give us, give us, give, 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 give. More, 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 more. We want, we want, we want. We'll take, we'll take, we'll take. And you can be rich and famous too. On your dime, we'll show you how to do it. And it was pretty despicable because they 
father and son both wore fancy suits that were high dollar, very expensive suits. I've been to Asian countries and I know some things. And these suits that they had were hand tailored, expensive. And we're talking about not less than a thousand dollars and maybe more. And they drove fancy automobiles. The pastor, daddy, he was driven. He had a driver and he had an entourage, security entourage. Wow. Further in verse 21, continuing his admonishment to the church, 3 and 21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and, he, and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Don't just hear, but listen to the message. Open your hearts. Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, Christ our Lord, wants to have a personal relationship with us. All you have to do is say yes and let him come in. And there are so many that will, hmm, they really appear nice. Many of these physical churches, as I shared with you, the one in particular, I mean, I've never been in it, but I can, I mean, you're miles distance out on the freeway. And I, I shared with you that I drove commercially for many, 25 years. And I drove all over the country. And I can remember going up that interstate and about, shoo, I think as you start coming around the bend, you can see part of the, because there's a bend in the, in the interstate. And just as you start that turn, you can see part of the Mormon Tabernacle, the big house. And the whole, it's massive. It's massive. And I'm talking about it looks massive from as far away as I am. This thing probably from about five or six miles distant. And it looks large at that distance, and it's white, stark white. It's a, it's a beautiful structure. But many of the churches that are beautiful on the outside, but are absolutely dead where it counts on the inside. There is no love of God. There's no uh, unconditional love shared. There's no what they do is they, they do the uh, stand up, sit down, lean to the left, lean to the right, rah, rah, rah. Okay, now you throw it in the bowl and you do this and now you're going to get a shake, shake and out the door you go. Nice, we'll see you next Sunday. Bring more admission fees with you when you come. This is the Phariseeism that is practiced, that whitewash that Jesus talks about. Our Lord Christ Jesus teaches us about this stuff. It, that's the leaven of the Pharisees that he's talking about. They tell you one thing, but they absolutely do not do the other. But brothers and sisters, even with all this that goes on, we have... Something that, as a true believer, that no one else has. And let me ask you this. Would you rather have... Would you rather have a good insurance or blessed assurance? And no, they're not synonymous. So you can either have a really good insurance, and this is part of the problem that we have in within our culture here 
I think that, and why we don't share the gospel the way we should, is because we have and we purchase all this insurance, and we are confident in that insurance that everything we have is coming. Now, insurance, the difference between assurance or assurance, assurance and insurance. Insurance, it's an act or system business and they cover financially property, life, person against loss or harm. So houses are insured so that if they catch fire or the hot water heater explodes, something happens that it's not a loss. It can be rebuilt or you get paid back. However, there's all these nice little clauses that these so-called great insurance companies come up with for a reason to cancel your insurance at the last minute or right before something happens. And people think that they have all this taken care of because of all this great insurance. And people have found that they've actually been taken to the cleaners, which is a figure of speech, that the insurance companies take all the premiums and take the money. But when it comes time them, for them to do their job, they don't do the J-O-B. And they just take, take, take. I encountered this personally in trying to get coverage through insurance that the company was supposed to have been providing and that they were taking out a partial payment from me and the company was covering it. But they found every avenue and every way and every twist and turn and it didn't happen. It did not take place. So, I was left out there flapping in the cold breeze for a time, but the blessed assurance that I have from my Lord, my God, my Savior, the Holy Spirit, the blessed assurance led me through, guided me through, proved to be with me, even still. So again, people will say, yeah, but what if, yeah, but what if, yeah, but what if, yeah, but what if. And my father, God, in his blessed assurance is even if, even if, even if, even if, even if this happens, God is with us. Even if that happens, God is with us. Even if you go up there, God is there. If you go down there, God is there. If you go over there, God is there. Always. The blessed assurance that the Lord God Almighty is with us, whithersoever we go. And much of this is in agreement with what the author is writing on these lessons that I have learned. Thank you, Father. Valuable lessons that I have learned about God. And part of that is looking back, but not looking back in remorse or regret and what should have, could have, and didn't do because see then that leads to remorse and that's how the devil wants you to look at the past yeah well i should have done that i could have done that and i would have done that but i didn't do that so oh woe is me well that's where the devil wants you to be but when you look back and you see wow god's hand led me there man god led me so god was so powerful he was so with me Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. See, that's not where Satan wants you to be. White noise interference and all that garbage that he wants you to, to allow to come inside that you don't filter away by rebuke and prayer. 
But there's nothing about book smarts that are going to get you to that relationship that God desires to have. Now, in reading, we can learn and know about him. And the only difference that I share between other books and the Bible is that this is God's promises that he writes down. And when you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you through the scriptures, you have the Holy Spirit guide you in truth. Knowledge and wisdom that comes from God, it will be provided. And God will give you that overwhelming peace. And that passeth all understanding. You can't figure it out. You cannot calculate it. There's just no way. So why bother yourself with doing that? In faith, the peace that passeth all understanding that God gives and Christ our Lord promises. And understand that the world can't do anything to a Christian man or woman who has no fear of man because of the grace and mercy of God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit that walk with us. Romans 8, or yeah, Romans 8, 38 and 39, share that with us. And what's really important here too, and I have read that before and remind you that in that I've shared with you before that Romans 8 is our adoption letter and it reads like if you read through it you'll you'll see what I'm talking about but here specifically in Romans 8:15 for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption where we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Yahweh. He is our heavenly Father. We are his, and we are his for always. And he promises that. And what does he tell us and he promises that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. Wow. And Romans 8, 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, aman. Power and truth. And when we practice the presence of God and we invite him to us, and we spend time with him, that intimate presence with him, an intimate presence with Christ. What an overwhelming joy and peace. Unimaginable, powerful. And remember what Christ shares with us too. He talks about taking up that cross. If we want to be him, we want to follow him and do as he did, then we have to pick up that cross. And remember that when we do that, we are going to go through some things. So this is why I remember many years ago that as a young 
as a young pup in church, I remember our pastor taught us. He said, be careful of what you pray for. And really, honestly, you need to do that because many people will pray for something and they don't realize that when they pray for something, there might be something that's going to take place that they weren't so much counting on. So, for example, if you pray for more patience and you pray for, oh, Father God, I'd really, I'd really love to be more patient do you think that he's just going to snap his finger and magically you're going to be more patient? Well, let me just explain something to you. Because it doesn't work that way. You are going to be tried. You're going to go through trials and things are going to happen. And it's going to be... Um, you're going to be... Forged in fire. Trust me on this. It's going to happen. But remember, we have blessed assurance from God, our Father, our Heavenly Father. Insurance companies, you're required to sign contracts and you make payments and so forth and such and such and on and on and on. And they have... Parties of the second part, parties of the first part. And if you do this, then this happens. And if you do that, then cancellation will ensue. And you're due for all supplemental, all sorts of garbage. God doesn't do that. That's why I had no problem and just put my name on that. It was a, kind of a visual thing. God and I were having a conversation one day. And, and I just see he pushes this piece of paper kind of, fingertip little thing pushing across the desk. It was all blank. There was nothing on it. I didn't care. I signed it. It was not so much a contract with God as a covenant with God. The way things used to be done. And I think I've shared this with you with my earthly father, the way that they used to do it and his comrades and the way they used to do things. They would shake hands and they would say, yes. And they allowed their yay to be yay and their nay to be nay. If they said yes, then they would. At all cost to them and all discomfort for themselves, they would make sure that it was done because they said it would be. And they would do what they could to make it so. And it's, so it is with my heavenly father. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Whew, I think I was sharing that with y'all from uh, Alan Jackson, I think was singing that. I think that was, uh, yeah, there it is right there. Pardon me, I, I was correct. Blessed assurance. He sang that song. I love this song. Blessed assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Purchase of God born of his spirit, washed in his blood. I am purchased of God by payment through his only begotten son. The sacrificial lamb came and paid my debt that I in no way, shape, or form could afford to pay. And I've shared this with you before. No way, shape, or form could you afford. But many, many, many of the ideals that are pushed and pandered out here by these 
church ideals that promote denominations. They function in a state of disrepair, the ugly broken bones that are inside, and functioning in depravity. And then, of course, there are going to be some that say, well, what is that? Well, not all, but many do function in that way. And depravity is not a good place. It is the As they say, it is a state or time of moral corruption. When you have those leaders of churches that will stand up behind the pulpit and preach to their congregation. And some of the things that they teach, it is, it is definitely depravity or could be called iniquitous behavior. And they say that that's okay. Well, what does that mean? That's just pure wicked and evil. You have these individuals that are promoting this and I think I've shared this with you already, and it just it makes me very sad, and I pray for it in this one very well-known celebrity who's just got gobs and gobs of money, and they make all these declarations because people have this complacent issue and this perpetual delusion that in, within our culture that beauty is goodness. Well, that's pretty much a load of garbage because this person is quite lovely, quite wealthy, and claims to have done everything on her own, completely forgot about mom and dad, completely forgot about the teachers that helped her, completely forgot about so many people that helped her to get to where she's gotten to, and yet claims to be this self-made person and is promoting all this stuff. And they think because of her wealth and beauty that it makes her good. Well, I have an issue because promotion of some things that, She's doing which are totally contrary to the word of God. And just be cautious with your children. Please be cautious and pray. Because this promotion that is coming about and talking about this. Uh, the book is called Conversations with God. And if you just read through some of it, you will see the absolute total. The who I'm, I don't even know who the author is, but let me tell you, talk about depravity. Oh my goodness. And they have one that's for the young kids and then they have another one for teenagers. And they are telling children that it's okay to be something that it's not okay to be and that you don't have to ever ask for forgiveness because God won't give it to you because there's no reason to ever have to be forgiven for anything. And everything is just what you make it. That's a wow, wow, wow. But brothers and sisters, we have assurances that are given by the word of God, his truth, his promises that can be found here, his assurances. 
And brothers and sisters, we are told in Romans 14 and 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Basically telling us that it's not that physicality that we're, we're, we want to reach out and grab on and touch it, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that the Holy Spirit will guide our steps. We're told that he is there to guide us. All we have to do is ask. Just have to ask. And what we need to remember too is that we have a hope. We find this again in Romans 15, 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, I pray this for you. Coming on to this Thanksgiving, some of these things that I shared with you, kind of dark and they are because we live in this plane of existence we're in but brother and sister we have the hope of glory the blessed assurance and that's a beautiful song that's a beautiful song perfect submission perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy and whispers of love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long about my father's business because that is the desire that I have to be about my father's business because he likes that, he loves that and that we all are to have the opportunity of repentance and to be that heir, joint heir with Christ Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. And he tells us we can have that. So, brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers. Am I going out? Am I coming in? Every day. Every day. These things that are going on out there and around us, we have all power and authority. And I pray. And I pray. Be blessed.